This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's it going? Thanks for joining me. My latest live stream here on LinkedIn for the Business Storytelling Podcast. And I have to say, I'm feeling like it's the day after Christmas. Just got new internet. So hopefully it will work. We're not going to be too blurry and, you know, all those typical problems. Um, a couple of housekeeping items before we jump into today's topic, which is how can leaders encourage better collaboration? Um, first of all, uh, we are recording this. We are live streaming with Switcher Studios. So if you haven't given them a try, please try it. Uh, it is really a fantastic tool on your uh, on your iPad or I think they're, I don't know if they're on Android. I think they're iOS only, but check them out over there. Um, the other thing, just coming up quickly, uh, if you're watching this live, there is a book sale coming out for my own book, contentperformance.online. You can literally type that in. Uh, if you want to buy it right now, be my guest, go for it. Uh, but there's a book sale, 91% off coming up pretty quickly. Of course, it's always um, available. And then also, just to remind you, the podcast, so we're doing the live stream today, but the podcast is, of course, on all the different um, channels, uh, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, etc., etc. So I hopefully um, you will consider um, checking that out uh, on any of those channels wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode, I want to talk about how can leaders encourage better collaboration. This is an interesting topic. I know uh, we had uh, Michael Brennan on the show before talking about mean people suck, and I said nobody agree- disagrees with that book title ever. I I get it. Uh, we've had other t- um, shows where we talked about collaboration and workflows, agile marketing. Andrea Freire, her new book just came out, so take a look at that. Um, that's actually available, ctrap.online forward slash Andrea. Um, but I still see so many situations where leaders claim they're trying to uh, they're trying to encourage collaboration, and really what they're doing is they're just letting people. I don't want to know. I don't want to call it uh, leading down to fail or not. But they already know what the answer is, or they there's not much to debate. Today's guest, uh, I invited uh, Patty Shetta back on the show. She was on the show a while back to talk about job joy, and she. Uh, she agreed to join me for this topic today. Patty, how's it going? Yes, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I know you um, agreed, readily readily agreed to coming on the show to talk mm-hmm. about this topic. Uh, and of course, so the way I describe it is, you know, leaders, they, they want to be collaborative. They want to encourage mm-hmm. their team to collaborate. I mean, everybody's talking about that, right? There's a ton of books right. out there that talk about that. Uh, but they already know what they need to get done or want to get done. And then they set up an eight-hour meeting so to, to help the team get to the right solution. I mean, is that a problem or is that just in my head? Oh, no, it's, it's definitely a problem. Um, so I have many thoughts on this and observed, observed many different ways to do it right and ways that it goes horribly wrong. 
And I've yeah. been on both sides of that, by the way. So I don't always do it right. These are lessons learned from, um, you know, the person who didn't do it right a few times. And so I think that's actually a really good point that you bring that up. Um, because everybody always thinks, well, this is, you know, we need to know the answer. We need to do it correctly. But it is quite okay, right, to learn as you go. And if you, if you do it wrong, you just adjust and move forward. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about when you did this as a leader. Like, how did it happen? What was the, um, why did it happen? I mean, did you think about it? Or like, what was the scenario, if you can share? Oh, I, I remember it vividly. Um, the, the CEO I was working with at the time, we had an idea that we wanted to get everybody's buy-in. And we thought for sure, if we laid it out in this particular way, in this particular order, that it, everybody would come to the same conclusion. And we had some of our top leaders in the room working on this together. And at the end, they came up with a different solution. Hmm. And so the CEO o and I are looking at each other going, that's not where we wanted it to go. And what happened was the team was just really frustrated because they were fine either way. We just wasted their time. And it, this wasn't some big business decision. It was kind of a silly one, actually. Um, but we really did waste their time and we really lost our credibility. So in the future, when we asked, what's your opinion? They would just look at us like, is there a right answer here? Kind of like that look my kids would sometimes give me when I'm saying, now, what do you think the answer is? And they're going, I, I think I'm supposed to know this. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's when it went terribly wrong. So the problem really is that um, when you're trying to get them to collaborate, but you already have the answer, so you're better off just saying, here's what we need to do, here's how we're going to do it, here's what we're going to do, as opposed to saying, let's collaborate. I mean, is that the, the way around that, or, or, or what would you recommend? Well, first I want to hit the pause button and make, the, and, and make sure we all understand that maybe you don't have the right answer. So the example I gave you before was actually kind of, I don't even want to say what the topic was because it was kind of silly. But if we're talking about a really critical business decision, the first thing I want, um, it, it's really important for people just to realize, leaders to realize, is maybe they don't have all the answers. You know, when you get into a leadership role, it's usually because you've had a lot of success and you've had a lot of promotions. And all of that success really builds up your confidence, which is awesome and it's great. Sometimes, however, people cross that line from confidence in knowing what I do really well to um, big ego, which that line is, because I do this really well, now I think I do everything really well, right? Now I'm the smartest person in the room. And maybe you were the smallest, smartest person in the smaller room, but you're probably not the smartest person in the bigger room. And then of course you take that next step of narcissist where you think everybody's an idiot and you're the smartest one in the world and that's a whole nother ball game. Mm -hmm. But I want people to really think about, is there possibly another way to look at this? Should I get curious before I get furious? Should I get curious about what are the other perspectives that I'm not considering? And that's, that's where you need to start. 
Should I get curious before I get furious? That's uh, an interesting point. The uh, you know the, very tweetable as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's your? Are you you're on Twitter, aren't you? What's your t- yes. name on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> At Patty Shutta. Pretty simple. <laughs> so make sure you quote her there with that tweet. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's interesting though is, I mean, when I grew up, honestly, with uh, with leaders, right? The leaders had the answers, but today. Uh, you know, and I'm the first to admit it. I do content campaigns all day long, nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. I'm running a campaign here. Mm-hmm. I'm running something here. I'm trying something new. Right. And I still don't have all the answers, right? Despite doing it all the time. Um, right. So getting that into your into your head is really, uh, it's kind of a skill, right? I mean, to, to mm-hmm. understand that you don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are leaders struggling with that? Or is that... Uh, how do they get there? I think some leaders are phenomenal at it. I've worked for some of the absolute best who knew that I'm bringing this whole team together because we have all of this intellect that we should all tap into. I mean, Art Christofferson, Joe Walsh, um, just some really great leaders who would always just sit back and listen I mean, if they really wanted to collaborate, they would sit back and really listen and then process that, ask intelligent questions. And every once in a while, they would say, you know what? You're right. That's a better idea than mine. Now, I've also worked with leaders who have said they've been coached to ask questions. They've been coached to listen. And then they go off and do their own thing anyway. So, and some of us are just wired to be better listeners than others. And so you have to get purposeful in it. You have to make yourself sit and ask a few questions. And sometimes how can I make an assumption that somebody else has a better answer so I can really listen to it? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It sounds so simple in theory. So when you... um, do that though right when you when you go in i mean is it sometimes better to state the problem as opposed to stating what we're trying to do so if you go in and say um this is what we're trying to accomplish how do we get there i mean is that one strategy or how do you feel about that yeah and it all depends on what's the sense of urgency right when you have something like covid that comes up and you have 24 hours to figure out how are we going to get hundreds of people to work from home you don't really have time to sit and let's have a, you know, a two day offsite to collaborate on this. You need someone who can make decisions. However, when there is time and you can really sit down and have a thoughtful conversation, there are processes you can go through and it depends on how big this, the uh, decision is. You know, are we talking about a smaller decision where we can make it in a room, you know, a one hour session, or are we talking about long-term vision and strategy where we should take some thoughtful steps. We should do a SWOT analysis. We should analyze all of that information. We should take a look at what's going on out in the industry and what's going on in the future and bring those subject matter experts together so we can come up with an idea or a plan. So the one thing I was just thinking about is um, absolutely that happens. You can't always have an offsite, right. right? If everybody has to work at right. home, all of a sudden you got to figure it out, right? Then hopefully you're already in the cloud or, or whatnot, and and, and right. you can do it relatively quickly. Um, but I was just thinking about that. Is you know when I talk about 
collaboration and content performance culture, it really comes down to everybody has to collaborate, right? Everybody has to bring their ideas because stuff just changes, things evolve all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's really important. But when you go in and when you immediately um, do what you described earlier, the example of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, where you were on the other side, and I've done that too. I've, I've had that happen. Too. Sometimes it was a miscommunication. Sometimes, you know, I, I made my made an opinion as we were going along and it was different. Mm -hmm. Um, but when that happens, you really lose a lot of trust, right? Because how do you right. recover when you go back? Can you still go back and say, let's collaborate? And everybody just goes, whatever, just tell us what the answer is. Right. And that's, that's the danger of asking for someone's opinion and then totally dismissing it. You, you lose that trust going forward. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that we understand another part of collaboration and that some people are really quick on their feet. You know, some people, if you ask them a question, they can give you an answer right away. There are some people who need to process that. They need to think that through. And so they may come back two or three days later and say, wait a minute, I've thought that through now and I have a different answer. And people get all frustrated. They're like, well, why didn't you say that before? Well, my brain requires that I process it. I need to think of all the context, all the if-then statements, and quite frankly, this is a better long-term answer than that quick answer we came up with in that meeting. Yeah, so, so you know, the thing I've learned, and, and definitely uh, shout out and, and uh, hat tip to Peter Staymates, um, you know, the, the CEO at Staymates, um, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if they were communication still, but Staymates in Cedar Rapids, and he's a big fan of sleeping on it. Uh, and I'm a big fan of just let's make a decision and go, and that's fine sometimes. Right. But uh, but sleeping on it, even if it's just one night or or let it sit and, and think about it some more, is really a, a fantastic strategy in my opinion. Um, what's interesting mm -hmm. um, about trying to figure out how do how are people wired? Um, so I'm you know you probably I think we talked about this before the predictive index analysis, right? I, I'm a maverick. That's that's who I am. And I even show that to people. I say, this is how I'm wired. Um, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. I agree with this test 100%. Right. Um, but it's good to understand how people um, process things, right? Do they need to sleep on it? Right. Or do they need to, uh, or do they want to move quickly and try it for a day? And if it doesn't work, they'll change their mind. Um, but right. but how, do you, how do you get there? How do you figure that out? Um, and is that, and let's be honest here, we're not just picking on, the leaders, right? Um, what's the roles of the teammates to figure right. that out uh, for their leaders? Right. Well, so one of the tools that I use with every client that I work with is called MPO. So it's it's um, different than predictive index. It, it assesses a couple different personality traits that can really be game changers. And I see that you have my book up and, and the book really gets into this as well. We have to understand how we are wired and have that self-awareness and know what our triggers are, know when those personality traits really work for us and when they really work against us. And then also understanding how our team is wired. You know, do you have someone who's more analytical and they're gonna look at the research? You can, do you have someone on your team that's more about the people and they understand the people dynamic? Do you have someone who's a quick answer? Do you have someone who takes some time? It's when you have that high self-awareness that you can get high emotional intelligence 
and you can get a team that's working really well together and collaboration happens. And so when you started collaboration, I mean, how, how do you set it up? What's your, what are your tips? I mean, I'm, uh, I, I do love hallway collaboration. That is probably the biggest mm -hmm. thing. I, I mean, I haven't traveled anywhere. In fact, my funny story is I just canceled a vacation driving around Lake Michigan. Uh, <sighs> was totally booked on miles, but now Chicago has a quarantine for Iowans. So how do you, how, you know, now I got to stay in Chicago for 14 days and be in the hotel the whole time. Uh, thank you. No. So I canceled it, yeah. right? And I called American and they refunded the miles that I used to, to book a, uh, book a car. And uh, they said, do you need those miles today? And I said, well, no, because I'm only calling to cancel stuff nowadays with you guys. I'm not going anywhere anymore, it seems. Right. Um, but right. that what has happened is hallway collaboration is, uh, I mean, it used to be really helpful, right? Even with clients when you're on site with anybody really any project uh and and, and kind of that we have kind of lost that i think in this whole being right. shelter at home thing um but other than that and or maybe even when it comes to uh um uh, what do you call it um you know collaboration that just kind of happens organically mm -hmm. uh, how do you start what's the best way to start a collaboration and um you know how, how do you make it a success the teams that collaborate best together know each other as individuals. It's really easy to dismiss someone or to think their idea is stupid if you don't know them. And I'm not talking that we all have to go to, you know, big social parties and everything like that together, but take the time to know a person as an individual. What are their goals? Not your goals. What are their goals? Don't assume your goals are their goals. Get to know, you know, what what worries, what do they worry about? Um, what do they love to do? And when I have that awareness about people on my team or my clients, we can collaborate. We're building that trust, and we can work so much better together. The reason why so many companies are able to do this work from home thing is because many of them built those relationships in the beginning. And I have to tell you, one of my biggest fears is that we're going to have companies that start looking at their financials and go, well, man, we can sell a bunch of buildings and cancel a bunch of leases and everybody just work from home. You're going to lose that collaboration. You're going to lose that team and having each other's backs. And so we can do this for a short period of time, but I don't believe this is a good long-term strategy. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said to, to see each other in person and and collaborate that way. How, um, but is that difficult? Is that uh, possible to do it remote only? Like, how how oh, do you encourage people to to do that remote? Yeah, I mean, a lot of companies are doing a great job figuring this out. Um, they're they're doing weekly, um, even if it's weekly emails, which that's like level one. Um, if they're doing weekly video where they're sending out a video, you know, the CEO or the senior leaders or different leaders are sending something out. Um, a lot of companies are doing maybe a Friday afternoon happy hour or they're doing their team meetings live. Everything that you did before in person, try to do it at least via Zoom or some kind of technology. Seeing that person's face makes a big difference. Listen, it's not the best. 
but it's better than just a phone call or radio silence. Absolutely. Uh, though, though there's a, a thing called Zoom fatigue, I guess, which is new, uh, and everybody has to be on camera for every little meeting. Like when you become one of the little boxes and there's 99 boxes, right? That's not collaborative either, or yeah. it's not necessary to be on um, video for sure. Um, right. There's actually... Um, um, Omnia Nabil, I guess is how I think is how you say her name. Zoom cocktail parties are a must. Um, so that's interesting. You know, how many companies do these cocktail parties though on Zoom, uh, and they never they have never done an in office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, yeah, to me those cocktail parties need to be pretty small. Or make sure you're using technology the best way you can. You know, Zoom now has these breakout sessions. So you can take a group of, you know, 40, 50, 150 people and break them out into groups of four or five. So just doing this is, again, level one. If we're going to start using this technology more and we and we're going to, how do we take it to that next level? How do you look at all of those, you know, ways for people to chat? How do you keep it as interactive as possible? There's polling that you can do. There are these breakout sessions. And then how do you bring all of the information back together? So let me ask you something about, I mean, I'd like to hear about more, more about these other levels. But um, so you mentioned people collaborate differently and think differently. And I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of times when people send out meeting invites and they'll just say, talk about a topic, but they don't give you all the details, right? So then, of course, first of all, you have some people who think every time there's a meeting, they're in trouble even when there's 20 <laughs> right. people in that meeting. Um, but it also doesn't give you a chance to actually think mm -hmm. about the topic, right? So if you set the, right. if you kind of set the stage and say, hey, we're going to, right. we need to talk about what's the best campaign we're going to run to promote our new hospital. And here's the budget we have. And here's uh, right. what some, what the CEO is already thinking. He's not in the meeting, but he has an opinion. Um, and then what else can we do? I mean, is it not better to give people some context before they just show up in the meeting and you say, put some, uh, you know, some, some stickers on the wall? I know I'm stereotyping, right. but you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's probably one of the biggest frustrations I hear from people in terms of time wasters. Like, what's the purpose of this meeting? Who has the agenda? Who's, who's facilitating the meeting? And you can take that way too far where people don't get a chance to really just collaborate, you know, um, but there should be a purpose of the meeting. There should be some kind of agenda that you are following. So people feel that was a good investment of their time, especially for the people who are more the processors, who need the context, who need to do their research to bring that information to the meeting. They don't want to just wing it. So again, it comes, I'm a big believer, it comes back to knowing your own style, but also you have to know the style of everybody in the room because that's when you get people saying, well, they're passive aggressive. Well, no, they just had a chance to think about it mm -hmm. and they came up with their answer later or <clears throat> they don't like conflict. They'll offer their opinion if it's a conflict-free zone, but you saying, hey, you haven't said anything yet that's not conflict-free. <laughs> well, 
I mean, the, the whole thing about conflict is interesting anyway, is because there's some people, and I've been on those teams where everybody is like a right. type A or whatever, and they just say whatever they want to say, and nobody takes anything personal, and it's almost like they're beating each other up to an extent. That's what some people will think if they're, you know, if they're not that same type. Right. Um, but to them, they're like, we're just debating the topic, right? Um, so it is good. Chapter to- six. <laughs> Chapter six. <laughs> Chapter six, the need to win, right? Some people just thrive in that. And others, that just makes them sweat. And mm-hmm. like, here's a muffin. Can we just get along or I'm going to get out? So what's where's that fine line, though, between uh, thinking somebody has to win or that is just how they uh, work through the topic? Yeah, some people, that's that's how they want to get to the final answer. They want yeah. to have that debate. They're very comfortable having opposing ideas. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's usually how you come up with the best answer, right? If we just if we just have someone who says, this is the answer, and everybody else is too afraid to say anything, yeah. you know, you're not, probably not going to get to the right answer. I had, I had one client um, who said, you know, we have a great leadership team because we never – disagree Hmm. i went i i think that's a problem but you know let's just dig into this a little bit further and what i found was that it didn't make any difference anyway because they were going to go with what he wanted to do or um people just too afraid to have any conflict yeah it's definitely a fine line um figuring out but but there are tips there are tricks to figure out uh, how people are wired. I mean, I'll give you an example right. for for the podcast. You know, we're um, almost to 200 episodes, or there, there's been a bunch of guests right. on the show. And you know, what's interesting is, so some people I reach out, I reach out to somebody the other day, and I said, "Hey, that's an awesome topic. I saw you talk about on LinkedIn. Let's uh, can we do another show?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, sounds good. When?" And then some people like there, it's like a 10 step email exchange, right? Um, how do we record? When do we record? Um, which way do I face the camera? What is this? Do, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are the questions? Um, send me the questions. And then you have to have a prep meeting. Um, so it is interesting to kind of see the different personalities. And I mean, those are telltale signs how they're wired, right? To an, to an extent, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we need to look at when they're asking those questions or they don't care about those questions, that is their personality. That is a deep need. Someone isn't trying to be difficult when they say, okay, when, where, how much, what are the questions? They're just risk averse. They want to be extremely well prepared. So they are giving you the right thoughtful answer. It is their innate need. So when we can, when we can, if we can start to accept and appreciate and embrace all those different personality types, we're going to have better teams. You know, it is, it is interesting um, to try to figure out how, how do people, how are they wired? Um, so you said earlier, figure out what people, people's goals are. And I mean, let's be honest, right? Not everybody is looking out for the, the greater good of the whole group or the whole company, right? What's in it for me? I mean, I, I've seen that. And not to go, not to digress too far into um, how some salespeople are paid, right? But mm-hmm. uh, if a salesperson is paid a commission on just one specific sale, 
but that sale is not the best sale for the company, if you think about, you know what I mean? Why would they ever sell something else if they're paid just by that sale, which is a, a bigger sale? Does that make sense or is that too Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, there are two schools of thought on this, right? Um, follow the money. Mm -hmm. you, you'll start to see um, why people behave a certain way based on what kind of rewards they're getting. Mm -hmm. um, I worked with a really um, great consultant, Kim Wilkerson, for many years, and she always said, what you reinforce is what you get, and what you don't is what you lose. So if we're going to reinforce that you get paid commission on something that's really bad for the company, that's what we're going to get. So now you need to start to say, okay, what, what behavior do we really want to reward and how do we reward that so it is for the greater good? I think your original question there, Christoph, was there are some people who are just in it for themselves, right? And you're right, there are. <laughs> we should know who they are. We should know, um, generally speaking, especially when they're stressed, what direction they're going to go. So we can take that into consideration when we make our decisions. So Donald White, uh, guys, if you listen to this on the podcast, and I know some of you are skipping ahead when you're listening to shows, I do the same. And I also listen at 2x and 1, 1.5x, one uh, which is why I talk really slow now on the shows. Haha. -ha. But Donald, uh, so anyway, we're live streaming on LinkedIn. So ctraf.online uh, forward slash LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow me there, and every time there's a live stream, you can um, uh, you get the notification. Now, uh, Patty, here's an unscripted question. Uh, it's not really a question, but Donald White, uh, who I actually worked with at uh, MedTouch a few years ago. He was a QA uh, manager there. Uh, he just posted, he comments, uh, Freakonomics. So Donald, I don't Don, I don't even know um, what what that refers to. But do you do you know what that is, Patty? What's Freak it called? Freakonomics. Freakonomics. <laughs> I haven't heard the term before. Um, I could make some guesses as to what it is, um, but so I Don, probably shouldn't. <laughs> no, no guessing um, on here uh, while we're live. So Don, uh, let us know what that means, um, and if you have a question, feel free to chime in. Happy to mm -hmm. happy to answer them. Um, so let's say you have a good. Uh, collaborative session set up and it's actually people are collaborating people are walking through things and I want to I want to say this for the record because you know I do argue or I do debate like I'm right and I do listen like I'm wrong uh, and some of my best days quite frankly are when I learn something new when somebody had an idea and I didn't think about it uh, I didn't know about it or it's like that's a whole new paradigm uh, of, of how to think about the problem which uh, I think th those are really the best days so but let's think about when you have uh, a good collaboration so now once that is done I mean you have to move forward somehow right there has to be a follow-up right. there has to be I mean you can't just have meetings and meetings and meetings that that right. aren't going anywhere uh, and, and I've seen those as well. I don't think I've seen them recently, but uh, somebody comes up with, here's the plan, here's what we're going to do. And, and you think, was I in that same meeting? <laughs> how, how do you move forward once you, once you had a good collaboration and you, you make sure uh, you know, everything is gathered yeah. correctly? I mean, to me, you, know, you want to have someone who's taking all the notes who are, they're writing up the notes so you can all look at it and agree on it before you walk out of the room. 
because again, going back to different personality types, what I'm going to take out of a session is probably going to be different than what you take out of it. And so the more you can get things documented and the more you can have, you know, one person who owns, how are we going to move this forward? You're going to have more of that aligned collaboration moving forward. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So actually one thing I think I heard you say there as well is uh, I'm a big fan of just doing it in the meeting, right? So, uh, and, some, and some people will say, well, why would you bring a laptop to a meeting, right? We're meeting, we're supposed to be talking. And there are dangers because, I mean, you know, we're, we're live on LinkedIn, we're recording the Business Storytelling Podcast. And here are my wife and my daughter, they're having a, a text conversation in our chat group directly on the same device that I'm looking at, right? right. It's like nonstop. Right. And, and I know that happens in the business environment too. Um, but mm-hmm. actually there's a chapter, I'm not as good as you telling you what number, but there is a chapter in content performance culture where it talks about you bring a laptop to your meeting and you assign tasks right then, right? In base camp or whatever task, mm-hmm. or whatever system you mm-hmm. use. And you just say, this is what we're going to do. Here's what it is. Does that sound correct? Do you miss, do you, do you have a different understanding? So that sounds right. like that, that could be very helpful if, if people do that. Exactly. And if you can have one person and their laptop is up on the screen and everybody's looking at the same thing, you can avoid some of that. Well, I'm going to look at my laptop, but I'm also going to be working on this email. Right? Right. I mean, brains can't multitask. Now, there are some people that can switch gears so quickly that it looks like they can. But brains cannot multitask. If you're working on something, you are going to miss what else, something else that's going on. And quite often that's why meetings go so ridiculously long that people aren't present they aren't staying engaged yep absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic discussion patty thanks for sharing some tips hopefully mm-hmm. people can take them and um and have better collaborations and i think my biggest yeah. takeaway and my biggest reminder always is that even when you're the subject matter expert chances are you still don't know everything right you're going to learn something from someone and I'm happy to help you with that if you need help. <laughs> so of course uh, you've seen the, uh, if you're look, if you're watching on LinkedIn, um, you've seen the link ctrap.online forward slash job joy that sends you right over to Amazon mm-hmm. to Patty's book. Where else remind people hey, where else you. can people connect with you? Of course. Oh, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, my website, is pattysheta.com. The spelling is different than what it sounds. So it's P-A-T-T-I, S is in Sam, E, D is in David, A. And um, I love working with individuals and organizations um, to help them be at their best. How do we get people to understand how they're authentically wired? How do they get into roles that really match their strengths? And and we can have a well-rounded team that's all working together. It's it's a lot of fun. So, you know, I kind of forgot about following up on this, um, maybe because I was getting a text here from, <laughs> that wasn't even for me. But um, so when when people don't have goals or when they're not aligned with the company, uh, can you actually have a good collaboration with them? I mean, is it, you know, I know we're talking about, you know, we, we got into this whole discussion about well leaders aren't doing it quite correctly and that does happen Mm -hmm. but how about the other other side of the coin 
Yeah, quite often when I'm, um, I find that people are most engaged when they're in a role that really matches their innate personality traits. Obviously, we need to make sure the technical traits align as well. You don't want to put me into a doctor's office and expect me to perform really well and be super engaged. But we need to have people in roles where it matches their talents. And if I love to do analytical work and I'm doing analytical work, that's when I'm going to be at my best. If I love working with people, but you've shoved me in an office where I'm supposed to do analytical work, I won't be that engaged when I get to that meeting. I just don't have that joy. I don't have the things that I'm doing that are fueling me. And so getting people into the right roles is absolutely job number one. And listen to people when they tell you what they love to do. I've had, I've worked with companies where somebody said, I don't want to be in management. And the manager says, oh, but you'd be great. We're going to put you in there. And then secretly, the person's telling me, like, I, I don't like people. I really, <laughs> I don't want to be in management. But because the leader has these goals and aspirations, they feel surely everybody else does as well. Mm-hmm. It comes back to what we said in the very beginning, Christoph. We need to get people to stop and listen and really listen. And, and not assume they have all of the answers because you're going you're gonna to become so much smarter when you listen to a few other people. Yep, absolutely. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty, thanks for joining us again. Second time on Thank the you. Business Storytelling Podcast. Certainly appreciate you sharing your insights Thank once you. again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks, everyone, for watching. If you like these live streams, let us know. Um, And also, they go on YouTube, on the YouTube channel. So um, take a listen there as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.